0: Hello, my Larval Lamps. This is your brilliantly repellent host, Matthew Sanborn-Smith, and his crackling bug light. Beware the Hairy Mango. It's the May 16th show. Today's story is all about living the good life, which I found is fervently called for until one pays for it with the bad death. If your good time is punching you in the mouth while you try to rest in peace, you may wake up with battered breath. With battered breath, by Matthew Sanborn-Smith. When Desmond bought himself an air fryer, he thought he'd be shedding off the pounds by cutting out the deep fry grease that had become part of his daily life. He deep-fried chicken nearly every night, except when he ran out and had to resort to deep-fried cow. He deep-fried the vegetables alongside of that, and in the evening enjoyed a deep-fried martini. Mornings meant deep-fried fruity pebbles with a glass of deep-fried orange juice. For lunch, he just had fries but they were deep. He made sure each of them was steeped in philosophy before he ate them. His arteries were kind of deeply fried by association, as well as his heart's will to squeeze out its next few thousand beats. It was kind of like he was slow cooking himself from the inside out. His dog, Sparky Mary, licked her chops in anticipation, praying to her toy-sized dog god to survive just long enough to hear the heavenly oven timer in Desmond's chest ding its dinger one day so that Sparky Mary could be licking his chops too. Desmond felt his doggy eyeing him and occasionally chewing him when he had the feeling in his extremities. He didn't really mind being Sparky Mary's finest meal, but he was afraid of her choking on his tiny sharp bones, the chicken ones that were lodged in his stomach at any given time. It was time he shaped up, and so the air fryer. To Desmond's horror, he opened the appliance's box to discover it wasn't a tiny marvel of fat-free convection at all. Instead, he bought a device that literally fried the air. It was too much for him. As much as he wanted to turn his life around, the manufacturers of things who had destroyed so many lives before his had finally found their end to finishing him off. Desmond was unable to resist its rich, flaky air. He breathed it in deeply. It was like being able to inhale an entire croissant up each nostril and feel them fighting their way down his windpipe to see which made long time first. Up until this point, breathing had always been a rude type of nuisance to him. Now he actually liked doing it. So, in a way, his new friar was making him healthier than ever. But even when the entire American Medical Association ganged up on the problem, they were unable to determine what that way was. Besides, even if it did exist, in all the other ways, he was killing himself faster than ever. The best they could do for him now was to suggest the greatest barbecue sauce to baste himself in for Sparky Mary's big reward, which Desmond had inadvertently bumped up to overnight delivery. Desmond's demise was punctuated by a particularly delicious coughing fit at a county fair where he was sampling the deep-fried cotton candy, accompanied by the comedian his father had fallen in love with at a rave 20 years earlier. Desmond's dub stepmother told a joke involving a pair of AA batteries, a camel, and Henry Kissinger's personal assistant, which made Desmond laugh so hard he began hacking up little balls of fried dough all over the fair-going crowd. Needless to say, they were a big hit, not just because they were tasty, but because they were free and you didn't have to wait in line for half an hour to get some. Everyone assumed they were clam cakes, but the little meaty bits were actually chunks of lung. In his last moments, Desmond brought happiness to dozens of like-minded people. When the paramedics arrived, they read Desmond's medic alert bracelet and rushed him to the doghouse in his backyard, but only after attaching him to an IV bag filled with smoky Smoke Smoke's unsmoked barbecue solvent, for canines. His father's wife cannily made that joke the closing bit in her act. <laughs> If this story smoked your joints, you can rub it and other tasty goos on the web slice of the fried rice, BewareTheHairyMango.com Leak conspicuously from the comments for this post or kimchi mail me and we'll ferment in our own sauces at Matthew at or write a sweet letter to that lovely Korean woman at BewareTheHairyMango gmail.com. Whenever we tried keeping up with the Mr. Joneses, the SF and SF Signal used to stand for Sanctimonious Farmhouse, that shitty place where the neighbors looked down on our two-legged ways. Our lowest moment was at the Village Fun Fair when they beat our asses at the seven-legged race. We might have done better if Long John Silver's scabbard hadn't been poking us in the ribs the whole way. Had we but world enough and time, we could scroll through every tweet ever at twitter.com slash upwithgravity. What an awful 17 minutes that would be. Send me your bossest thoughts and your employeeest regards for the end of the mango in text or audio and they'll probably get heard on the final show. You'll very likely come up with something better than I ever could. If you give me your money, I promise to pay it forward. It'll be to the people that I owe, but I see that as a win-win. And with just a little more skill on my part i can trick you into agreeing with me this podcast shoves lookers on out of the way while rushing into the fray which unfortunately happens to be on a building ledge 10 stories up and the fray turns out to be in your grandmother's sweater but it's between two burly russian acrobats who are tangled up in her bra down on the ninth story however the day is saved by your mad editing skills which delete the lower stories until you're all safely back on the creative commons attribution non-commercial share like 4.0 international license Until Delilah gives Samson a quality weave, this will squish between the toes of Matthew Sanborn Smith and remind you, life is like a box of chocolates, which you later learn were laxatives. Good night.